you know, there's this myth that, that people think they don't need a business plan. And oftentimes I find business owners who have an idea, a great one, and where they miss it is the execution. They don't go through the process of writing things down. Because anytime you can take pen to paper and write out your ideas and share them with other people and get feedback, which is essentially a business plan, you're going to do better. It could be a whiteboard in an office. Uh, it could be notes taken on your computer or in a journal. But I want it to start with something that says, here's what my product or service is. Here's how I'm going to attack the market. Here's how I'm going to beat the competition. Here's how I'm going to learn from my competitors. Here's what I'm going to take from my customers. And here's the kind of people I need to surround myself with. If you don't answer those questions, then really you're just kind of it's like a, like a dodgeball game. You're just going to go out there and wing it. And at some point, you're going to get whacked in the side of the head. You know, cash flow to me is, is important, but working capital from the beginning is also important. I find that people come to me with a projection about their business. It's a brand new idea. They think they're going to make money in six months. They don't make money in six months, and they don't have a backup plan. They don't have a reserve. They don't have a line of credit. And so they go out of business, and that's probably the single biggest reason small businesses close, not because the idea is terrible, not because they have bad people, they don't have the sufficient amount of working capital. One of the things that I do do before I go to bed at night is I make a quick list of the things that I know I have to deal with uh, the next day. And I try to get those knocked out before noon because from noon on, it's kind of like the wild, wild west. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what new issue is going to come up. And so you want to really be smart about your time to knock out the things that you have to. Who do I have to talk to? What do I have to review? What do I have to do with a bank or an employee or one of the businesses? You want to get out what I would call the housekeeping. You get the housekeeping done in the morning, and then you get to kind of go farm the fields for the rest of the day. And part of the challenge, or part of the challenge for me at least, is that the lines get very blurry of when the day actually shuts off. And that can present a real challenge to you know, your personal life and your friends and, and kind of that balance. So it's, it's hard, but the first part of my day is the focus. I tell you, we need you here. And this is more important than any pie we'll ever make. But I'm gonna need your help before you leave because I gotta get some stuff done and you're gonna be our leader here, okay? Okay. But in order for you to be able to have good peace of mind, I wanted to give you some money. I'm going to give you six months worth of pay. Okay? <laughs> and when you come back, you will be fully in charge of this location. And I'm going to pay you $1,000 a week so you don't have to bar 10. That's okay. <laughs> okay? I'm going to give you a check. And it should help you just kind of just be able to rest, take care of your baby. And then when you come back, you're going to bust somebody's ass. <laughs> All right? Okay? Wow. Thank you. The reality of it is, is that the employee is number one. Because if the employee's happy, ultimately the customer's going to be happy. If the employee's happy, they're going to take care of the assets of your business. If the employee is happy, they will have a pride of ownership and they'll stand side by side with you and they'll fight during the tough times and they'll celebrate during the good times. If you take care of your employees, they will put the customer first. But if you don't, it won't matter. There won't be any customers. If you don't take care of your employees, there'll be nobody to help them. You'll have no business. 
I say follow your passion, which should be sports. I say if you have a passion for business, you also better have a knowledge for it. And so if people want to own a business, they better have worked for somebody else for a while, and they better have an intrinsic knowledge of that industry. And so it would be like me getting into you know, the barber business and I never went to learn how to cut hair. I should have a knowledge. If I don't have the knowledge, <clears throat> then I better have a partner or I better have a manager or a leader in place who's vested in the business who does have a knowledge. And so three guys want to open up a restaurant because they think it's cool to open up a restaurant, but none of them know how to cook or wait tables. They shouldn't be in that business. Entrepreneurs who have authored a product or a process that isn't working today have to make the bold step of reinventing themselves. I talk about it all the time, how over the course of my life, whether it was at 12 years old or 18 years old or 25 years old or even today, I'm constantly working to reinvent myself. I'm not any different than a package on a shelf. People have to feel that it's relevant. They have to see the warning labels. They have to understand the contents. It has to be appealing. It has to provide value to people. And so when an entrepreneur has a product or a process that they've authored and they're not willing to change it, then they're going to end up like Circuit City or Montgomery Ward or Sears or Fiat or whatever these brands are that don't exist anymore, right? Every single company in this country today, if they're not evolving, they're dying. And I don't know why an entrepreneur would think that they would be exempt from that process. I'm not interested in their ego. I'm not interested in their pride. I'm not interested in their feelings. I'm interested in their business being successful. And so I think not only does their business have to do it, but, but we as entrepreneurs have to do it as well. Let's talk about the myth that your product is already good enough. People often develop a new product and it's fantastic and it hits the market like in a blaze of glory and it sells and there's back orders. If you're delivering them a good product or service today, they're still going to expect something better tomorrow. And the one thing you have to worry about is there's a competitor out there, somebody that can mimic your offering. And so you always have to stay one step ahead of them. And so when products don't morph into something new, they don't develop into something better and smarter and faster and less expensive, it's probably the biggest takeaway, less expensive, then people are going to find alternatives. For me, I'd like to go out and study the competition. That's how I reinvent myself. I go out and I study businesses that aren't exactly the same, but they run their business with a, a set of ethics and a set of principles that are second to none, and they can be in a space that's completely different than mine. But I learn something from them. I don't think we do that enough. How many people you meet at a party or at a restaurant that tell you they're entrepreneurs? And in the past, I used to say, no, does that mean you don't work? Mm. And so an entrepreneur to me um, is, is kind of a nonsensical word. You're either a business owner or you are a team member, one of the two. And I think being a business owner is the hardest thing to do in this country. You take your money, hopefully mm -hmm. not your mother's money, but you take your money and you invest in an idea, which is essentially investing in yourself. Um, but if you do it solely to make money, you're going to lose. And you really have to do it. And I know that a lot of people out there get up every morning and they hustle right. and they're driving in the car right now and they're on the way to a job that they may not love. Yeah. And I would encourage them just to stick to the grind, get the paycheck, pay the bills, 
learn, learn and learn. And too many young kids out of college tell me they're entrepreneurs. And I tell them, you can't be an entrepreneur until you've worked for somebody else. And you know what it feels like to be fired or to be called on the mat or to be harassed or to be mismanaged. You got to know what that feels like so that when you're on the other side, you can be respectful to people. Yeah. You know, I I have a terrible fear that I lay awake at night with, and that's the fear of failure and the embarrassment that comes with it. And so people like to have a lot of pride and say, you know, I'm, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not. I think anybody that's an entrepreneur deep down, really deep down in their soul, has fear of failure. What will people say? What will people think? And it's hard. It's a hard challenge. And so I try to ignore it as much as I can, but I, I find it kind of haunting me. And so I push through because I really believe that I have an obligation to keep trying and trying and trying. And I've had plenty of failure in my life. What happened was when I turned 35 and 2008-9 happened, I became much more comfortable with admitting my vulnerability, acknowledging my mistakes, saying when I was wrong, showing my cards and saying, oh, that was stupid. Crumbs could be one of those situations where I tried to outsmart something and no, I don't think it's going to fail. But I have to be realistic. It could. Anything I do could fail. I go through thousands and thousands of applications and sometimes I pick businesses that are new and innovative and the product's exciting and sometimes I pick businesses that are pretty ordinary. When it's ordinary and it's saturated, the biggest challenge is you're now dealing with a commodity and so whether it's a coffee shop or a yogurt shop, the question is, is the product relevant in the marketplace and if it's saturated, can you rise to the top of the list? I want to encourage people not to run away from saturated markets. But I want you to run away if you don't have the time, the resources, the energy, the people, the process, or the attention to detail to be best in class. And so if you're going to open up a coffee shop in a very crowded market, you better have something that's unique. It better be experiential. Your product better be amazing. Your process better be on point. And the people that sell it better be better in product knowledge and better in experience than anything else. I guess a different way to look at it is if you go into an industry that's not saturated, you should probably ask yourself, is there a reason that nobody else is in this? I can't be the only person with this idea. And so you get into a business that's not saturated, it may tell you that there's not really a market there. I think I'd like to get into the hanger business. I mean, is it saturated? Is it not? Is there a reason that everybody's not in it? I don't really mind whether it's saturated or not. I have to like the product, it has to be relatable, and it has to be not totally recession-proof, but it has to be kind of recession-proof. I think it's important that if you're going to get into a business and you're thinking about taking your last $50,000 and getting it, getting into something, you better have something that is unique if it's going to be a commodity, and you better, better make sure that you really understand what happens when the economy goes up and down and study those